yesterday to missiles landed in eastern Poland, killing two. The following is a news-heavy special edition of Roaring Light, keeping you abreast of developments in Poland and with NATO. Here is 5-Minute News. Whether it's diamond earrings or an engagement ring, Blue Nile can help you design something special made just for her. At Blue Nile, choose from thousands of diamonds and settings. Have your one-of-a-kind piece delivered right to your door in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Guaranteed free shipping and returns. And now, Blue Nile is offering special holiday deals. Go to BlueNile.com and use code SPOTIFY to save $50 on purchases of $500 or more. Hurry, this offer expires soon. BlueNile.com, code SPOTIFY. Coming up on 5-Minute News... As missiles hit Poland, President Biden calls emergency meeting. Donald Trump announces White House candidacy despite criminal probes. And cities with net zero promises fall short on tracking. It's Wednesday, November 16. I'm Anthony Davis. President Joe Biden called an emergency meeting of G7 and NATO leaders in Indonesia this morning for consultations after NATO ally Poland said a Russian-made missile killed two people in the eastern part of its country near the Ukraine border. Biden, who was awoken overnight by staff with the news of the missile explosion, called Polish President Duda early this morning to express his deep condolences for the loss of life. The US president promised full US support for and assistance with Poland's investigation and reaffirmed the United States' ironclad commitment to NATO. A statement from the Polish Foreign Ministry identified the missile as being made in Russia, but Poland's President Duda was more cautious about its origin, saying that officials did not know for sure who fired it or where it was made. He said it was most probably Russian-made, but that was still being verified. If confirmed, it would be the first time since the invasion of Ukraine that a Russian weapon came down on a NATO country. The foundation of the NATO alliance is the principle that an attack against one member is an attack on them all. The UN Security Council also planned to meet today for a previously scheduled meeting on the situation in Ukraine. In their statements, Poland and NATO used language that suggested they were not treating the missile blast as a Russian attack, at least for now. Former President Donald Trump said on Tuesday that he will mount a third White House campaign, launching an early start to the 2024 contest. The announcement comes just a week after a disappointing midterm showing for Republicans and will force the party to decide whether to embrace a candidate whose refusal to accept defeat in 2020 sparked an insurrection and pushed American democracy to the brink. Trump spoke for over an hour, complaining about grievances to an audience of several hundred supporters, club members and gathered press in a chandeliered ballroom at his Mar-a-Lago club, where he stood flanked by more than 30 American flags and banners bearing his Make America Great Again slogan. Another campaign is a remarkable turn for any former president, much less one who made history as the first to be twice impeached and whose term ended with his supporters violently storming the capital in a deadly bid to halt the peaceful transition of power on January 6, 2021. Trump enters the race in a moment of political vulnerability. He hoped to launch his campaign in the wake of resounding GOP midterm victories, fueled by candidates he elevated during this year's primaries. Instead, many of those candidates lost, allowing Democrats to keep the Senate and leaving the GOP with a path only to a bare majority in the House. Trump is launching his candidacy amid a series of escalating criminal investigations, including several that could lead to indictments. They include the probe into dozens of documents with classified markings that were seized by the FBI from Mar-a-Lago and ongoing state and federal inquiries into his efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. Trump's candidacy poses profound questions about America's democratic future. 
The final days of his presidency were consumed by a desperate effort to stay in power, undermining the centuries-old tradition of a peaceful transfer. And in the two years since he lost, Trump's persistent and baseless lies about widespread election fraud have eroded confidence in the nation's political process. More than half of cities with pledges to reach net zero emissions have no plan for how they'll track and report progress, an analysis published on Tuesday said. The assessment, conducted by the research consortium Net Zero Tracker, adds to growing concern that non-state actors, including companies and cities, are using net zero commitments to mislead or confuse consumers, investors and policymakers about how they combat global warming. A United Nations high-level expert group last week issued guidelines for how to avoid greenwashing on net-zero pledges. The new analysis finds that few non-state actors are in clear compliance. Of the 1,156 publicly listed companies, regions and cities that have so far made net-zero pledges, up from 907 a year ago, many are little more than vague commitments or proposals, the report said. Companies were doing better, with over three-quarters having some plan in place to track progress, though the report cautioned that a substantial fraction remained without any public transparency on their plans to decarbonise. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app. Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate. Delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. If you enjoy 5-Minute News, join me for the Weekend Show podcast. Big picture conversations with expert guests about the state of America. Available every Sunday with Midas Touch and 5-Minute News. Search and subscribe to the Weekend Show. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Roaring Light. We are excited about the successful early morning launch of Artemis 1, but we are focusing in this podcast on keeping you informed of developments in Poland and with NATO. Keep monitoring our page and say prayers. We also have serious weather to discuss before our music. Let's get to it. Winter storm warning remains in effect until 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time Thursday. What heavy, wet lake affects snow. Total snow accumulations of 5 to 10 inches. Locally higher amounts around 1 foot possible near the Indiana, Michigan state line in northern Laporte and southern Berrien counties. Peak snowfall rates of 1 to 2 inches per hour possible this afternoon and early tonight, where portions of northern Indiana and southwest Michigan. When until 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time Thursday, impacts travel will become very difficult. The hazardous conditions will impact the morning and evening commutes. Precautionary preparedness actions if you must travel, keep an extra flashlight, food and water in your vehicle in case of an emergency. Detailed forecast today snow showers, mainly after 2 p.m. High near 31. West wind around 10 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 90%. Total daytime snow accumulation of 1 to 3 inches possible. Tonight snow showers, mainly before 1 a.m. Low around 27. West wind around 10 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 90%. New snow accumulation of 3 to 5 inches possible. Thursday cloudy, with a high near 32. Southwest wind 10 to 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 20 miles per hour.
And this is a website created by women for women. Their goal is to connect our sisters in Northern Indiana with the network of compassionate care available to meet their specific needs. You can browse their resource guide to find out how you can tap into a broad spectrum of care, including mental medical assistance, health screens for you and your significant other, pregnancy and parenting support, food, clothing, housing, psychological counseling, and financial aid. Once again, you can head over to hermichiana.org, and that is capital H-E-R, capital M-I-C-H-I-A-N-A.org. And I've been to this website, and they got some pretty good resources for women and whoever may need to help. Take care, and have a wonderful day. Happy Hope Day. 
I'm Pastor Joel, and this is Happy and Whole in Him. The other day, uh, four astronauts were launched into outer space aboard the spacecraft Resilience to be launched in the heavens. That would be mind-blowing. But I'm about to read something far better. And if you take in Psalm 8, and I mean to the core of your being, to really meditate and feed on it, it is going to give you such a lift. It will change everything about how you think of yourself and the folks you know. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You've given him dominion over the work of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Do you ever think you don't matter? Feel small and insignificant? Can you imagine being those astronauts out there looking back at earth? Do you know if our galaxy was shrunk down to the size of the North American continent, our solar system would fit into a coffee cup? Do you think any of those astronauts are thinking, well, I'm pretty big in the scale of things. Psalm 8 highlights who is big. This psalm is bookended by the Lord, our Lord, whose name is majestic, whose glory is above the heavens. And of course it is. The heavens, the moon, and the stars are the work of his fingers. I mean, I've made a few things with my hands that I'm pretty proud of. I've also got projects around the house that I hope no one else looks at too closely. But Almighty God has endless handiwork that is mind-blowing. Have you ever looked at shots from the Hubble telescope? This awesome God has set in place hundreds of billions of stars in the Milky Way alone. And there are over 200 billion galaxies more that are observable. Are you feeling more insignificant now? Hold on to your chair. That is not what God says about you. The psalmist says, What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? What really blows the psalmist's mind is not merely the majesty of the one who created the cosmos. Rather, that with all that this great God could be focused on, we, you and me, we are what is on God's mind. God cares for us. God is concerned for you. That is why the psalmist bookended his song with, Lord, our Lord. You see, God is not a distant God. He is our God, a personal God who wants to care for us. And what is further life reorienting is that this personal God has not made us a little higher than the animals, like Darwin and your science books say. No. God has made us a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned us with glory and honor. You hear that? Glory. Who else has glory? God whose glory is above the heavens. This God has crowned us too with glory and honor. My friends, if you take that in from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, you will never look at yourself in the mirror the same way. And you won't look at anyone else the same way either. You will see that all humans deserve honor no matter how deeply flawed they are. And soulmate gets even better because it says you are greatly loved. Joel, where do you see that in soulmate? Actually, it's in Hebrews 2 where the writer quotes soulmate and then says, it now also refers to Jesus. Verse 9 who is made a little lower than the angels for a little while, 
now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. God loves you and showed you his power to save by ironically becoming a baby in a manger. The Son of God became all we are by nature, that we might become all he is by grace alone, by believing in him. And because Jesus has been raised from death into glory, we need not fear death in a pandemic. And we can live meaningful lives, seeking to introduce others to our God by telling them how majestic is his name in all the earth. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We marvel that you have stooped down to speak to us this encouraging word. Grant that we might better see Jesus who is made low to lift us up, that we then might out of gratitude seek to do the same for our neighbors. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. US President Joe Biden says it's unlikely the missile responsible for killing two people in Poland was fired by Russia. He's been leading an emergency meeting of G7 leaders at the G20 summit in Bali, Indonesia. Richard Kimber reports from there. US President Joe Biden says there is what he calls preliminary information that contests whether the incident in Poland was due to a missile fired from Russia. He says it's too early to be certain, but that the trajectory of the missile makes a firing from Russia unlikely. Leaders of the biggest countries at the G20 summit in Indonesia scrapped their scheduled plans on Wednesday morning to hold an emergency meeting to discuss how to respond to the news from Poland. The US president says he has spoken to his counterpart in Poland and offered a full support for the country's investigation of the explosion. The incident is likely to dominate the final day of the G20 summit, which has so far been heavily focused on pressuring Russia to end its military action in Ukraine. Richard Kimber in Bali, Indonesia. Donald Trump is running for president in 2024, the first candidate from either party to throw their hat into the ring. Under our leadership, we were a great and glorious nation, something you haven't heard for quite a long period of time. We were a strong nation, and importantly, we were a free nation. But now we are a nation in decline. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. The former U.S. president made the announcement from his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida, saying that America's comeback starts now. It comes after a number of high-profile Trump-endorsed candidates lost in last week's midterm elections, with many within Trump's own party blaming him for the Republicans' weaker-than-expected showing. UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has launched a new visa scheme that allows more Indian professionals to work in the UK. The announcement comes after the Prime Minister met Indian leader Narendra Modi on the sidelines of the G20 Leaders Summit in Indonesia. India correspondent Ishan Gurg tells us more about the significance. Under the new scheme, 3,000 college-educated people under the age of 30 will be able to work in the UK. The Downing Street says the scheme marks the UK's commitment to forging stronger ties in the Indo-Pacific. But specifically with India, this move could help the UK seal a free trade agreement with New Delhi that has been in the works for months. More lenient norms on immigration is just one of the things that India has been asking. So now analysts believe the agreement that's been dubbed as the ultimate post-Brexit deal for the UK may move closer to being finalised, which could boost the UK's economy by $3 billion. Ishan Garg, New Delhi. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, looking in more detail at the latest evidence of growing Chinese public anger over the country's implementation of a strict zero-Covid policy. In the country where the pandemic originated, the last few weeks have seen incidents of Chinese citizens rebelling against lockdowns and curbs on their freedom of movement. Hundreds of staff fled a Foxconn factory rather than endure the restrictions there. And this week, crowds of people in the southern Chinese city of Guangzhou forced their way through Covid barriers in a fresh example of public anger over Covid curbs. Jim Lindsay of the New York-based Council on Foreign Relations says Beijing is between a rock and a hard place. The Chinese are waiting around until they can develop their own vaccine, their own mRNA vaccine. 
I should note that they have been unwilling to take Western mRNA vaccines like Pfizer and Moderna. I imagine the Chinese state has a sufficient surveillance and coercive apparatus to make those shutdowns last a very long time. But Chinese citizens are like citizens everywhere else. They want to lead their own lives. Lockdowns are very, very hard to deal with. And there's going to be growing pressure on the Chinese government to find some way out of this cul-de-sac that they have put themselves in. Some analysts expected restrictions to be loosened after President Xi secured a third term in power last month, but that has not happened. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. To recap the top stories, US President Joe Biden says it's unlikely the missile responsible for killing two people in Poland was fired from Russia. Donald Trump's confirmed he's running for US president in 2024. UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's launched a new visa scheme with India that allows more professionals to work in the two countries. And UK inflation's hit 11.1%, which is a 41-year high. That's the latest Feature Story News. Ollie Barrett reporting. The Public News Service Daily Newscast for November 16, 2022. I'm Mary Sherman. A majority of Connecticut voters have elected to allow early voting in the state. Though a similar ballot initiative failed in 2014, this time 60% of Connecticut voters approved the amendment. Edwin J. Vera reports. Though a similar ballot initiative failed in 2014, this time 60% of Connecticut voters approved the amendment. The goal of the amendment is to provide people with greater ability to vote. Prior to this, Connecticut was one of four states that didn't allow early voting. Helen Humphreys with the Connecticut Citizen Action Group notes the biggest drawback of single-day voting is lack of access. She thinks cities will see direct benefits to adding early voting. I voted in Suffield and I voted in Bridgeport and the experience was very different. In Suffield, you walk in and out. In Bridgeport, I waited in line for over an hour to vote. So I think especially for those in cities and high population areas, this is going to be a huge benefit because it'll give them the opportunity to vote when they can. Passing with a modest majority, the new amendment already faces a legal challenge from a New Britain woman who claims it is unconstitutional. Humphreys disagrees after speaking with some legal experts in the state. Yesterday was the first anniversary of the signing of the federal infrastructure law. Groups pushing for support for Wisconsin towns and cities say implementation is providing hope that overlooked areas will get the jolts they need. At the League of Wisconsin Municipalities, Zach Verwink says so far nearly $3 billion in projects have been announced with funding from the law. Most are transportation related, and Verwink says it's badly needed as many areas have backlogs for priorities like roads and bridge repairs. Many of the municipalities have had projects delayed or had to shelve them due to lack of funding. Having a real strong federal partnership in the area of infrastructure helps address some of the backlog. The law will also provide states funding for clean water infrastructure and expansion of high-speed internet. The number of veterans experiencing homelessness nationwide has decreased 11 percent since 2020, and a similar improvement has been observed in Nebraska. We get the story from Deborah Van Fleet. The Department of Veterans Affairs says there's been a 55 percent decrease in the number of homeless veterans since 2010, and the VA is within reach of meeting its goal of rehousing 38,000 veterans this year. Carrie Miller-Lose with Nebraska Western Iowa VA Healthcare System says hundreds of millions of dollars of American Rescue Plan funds were directed to this need, which helped tremendously, including to prevent people from becoming homeless. Perhaps they were behind in rent or behind on utilities, but we were also able to house veterans using that money for deposits, first month's rent, to help get veterans into their housing faster. The VA works with homelessness coalitions and landlord engagement groups throughout the state. Milulos says there are some great landlords, but the lack of affordable housing is still a significant problem. This is PNS. Illinois lawmakers are hoping to adjust the state's problem-plagued recreational marijuana law designed to award dispensary licenses on a fair and equitable basis. Only three social equity marijuana dispensaries are expected to be open by 2023. Statistics show almost all the other 110 dispensaries operating in Illinois were opened by wealthy, mostly white entrepreneurs. The state has awarded 185 social equity licenses, but until recently a court injunction blocked them from opening. Mike Forcher, editor of the cannabis trade publication Grown In, says the program remains bogged down in red tape. There were a number of loopholes that were put into the application process 
that allowed people that were clearly not social equity applicants to apply. And actually, a very large number of the winning applications went to those people. As temperatures drop across the state of Utah and energy costs continue to rise, residents may be eligible for heat utility assistance to stay warm as winter fast approaches. Jamie Castleson with Utah Community Action says heat provides water and energy assistance throughout the year to households considered to be low income and encourages Utahns who need help to apply. People who are living with a documented disability, age 60 and over, and then young children under the age of six are our main three target populations. But anyone who is struggling with a financial situation, we can help. While priority is given to the groups you just mentioned, Castleton says applicants with incomes below 150% of the federal poverty line are also eligible. The National Energy Assistance Directors Association predicts the average home heating cost is expected to increase by almost 18% this year, meaning the average family is likely to spend around $1,200 to heat their home. I'm Alex Gonzalez reporting. Crews dump more than 20 million metric tons of salt on U.S. roads each winter to keep them free of ice and snow, and that has environmental groups pushing state-level solutions in Minnesota to limit chemicals from reaching waterways. Treating roadways in snowfall is done to keep motorists safe, but has also left 54 lakes and streams in the state impaired by high salt concentrations. That's according to Sue Nissen of the group Stop Over Salting, which has backed legislation to help applicators in the private sector learn how to use less. Salty water is not good for health. Salt is something we want to use in limited amounts where we... Minnesota has provided training for effective techniques since 2005, but under the proposed bill, certified smart salters will be protected from liability, preventing them from being sued for slip-and-fall accidents. It would apply to companies that clear snow for parking lots and other private property. It's unclear if the bill will be reconsidered next session. This story was produced with original reporting from Diana Cruzman for Grist as part of the Solutions Journalism Network. This is Mary Sherman for Public News Service, member and listener supported, heard on interesting radio stations and your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. The rest of the story. It was while on a business trip that Milton saw the tiny toy helicopter in the shop window. The paper tag on which the price was hand-inscribed said 50 cents, but there was something about that clever little plaything that made it especially worthwhile. It could fly, or at least so Milton surmised, noticing the attachment of rubber bands to its uncomplicated mechanism. Milton walked inside the shop. 50 cents for the little helicopter, he said to the clerk. Well, yes, the clerk answered, but you understand that it's a kit. It has to be put together. Oh, that was particularly delightful, Milton exclaimed, and then he explained. He'd once been a school teacher, and from this experience, he had retained some very specific ideas about education. The real challenge, he happily expounded, is winning a pupil's interest. Once he is fascinated with something, it would be impossible to prevent him from learning about it. I take it you have children of your own, said the clerk. Oh, yes, Milton answered, grammar school age. He and his wife had encouraged them to read and ask questions and to think for themselves from the time they were quite small. And they liked nothing better than to build a little helicopter and watch it fly. Milton had always believed in the power of educational toys to stimulate intellect, and this particular one was among the best that he had ever seen. And which model would you like, the clerk asked. What were his choices, Milton wanted to know. Oh, my goodness, answered the clerk. There's one that rises to a height of 50 feet or so and then falls without harming itself. There's one that shoots upward about as high, but then glides gently back to earth. There's one that ascends 25 feet and hovers in midair for, for as long as half a minute. Well, Milton purchased the model that seemed most intriguing, and he hurried home to Cedar Rapids, Iowa that afternoon, thoroughly pleased with himself for having discovered such a gift, and he was quite eager to present it. What did you bring us, Daddy? That was the familiar greeting at the door. What did you bring us, Daddy? And from behind his back, Milton, grinning broadly, produced this neatly wrapped toy. Well, the boys tore off the wrapping like frenzied predators. Do you like it, Milton asked hopefully. My, how they liked it. Well, after carefully assembling the little helicopter, they wound up its rubber band motor again, and again and again, indoors that night, watching it rise and bob against the ceiling, outdoors the next morning, cheering as it soared to dizzying heights, as high as a tree, and then sailed back to them in lazy circles. Milton, convinced as he was of his educational theories, could never have imagined how correct he had been this once. 
For you see, his two youngest sons were then ages 11 and 7. And they would remember all of the rest of their days. That one day in the autumn of 1878, when their father brought them a little helicopter toy, a 50-cent plaything, ostensibly, and yet a plaything which was to awaken in them a passion that changed their lives forever after, and our lives as well. You'd never met the educator-turned-minister, who, returning from a trip on church business, bestowed a tiny yet enormous gift to his boys, just an interested father named Milton Wright. All of your life you've known his sons, Wilbur and Orville. Only now you know the rest of the After six siblings tragically lost their mom, the community stepped up in a big way. This is truth itself. Single mom Jacqueline Michelle lost her life when a train struck her. In the wake of the terrible accident, she left behind her six children, ranging in age from 2 to 15. Her sisters, Amy and Samantha, have been scrambling to care for the orphan siblings and plan for Jacqueline's funeral. But like most, they live from paycheck to paycheck. When Kyle and Jackie O from KIIS Radio heard about the news, they wanted to help the grieving family and reached out to their listeners as well. Kyle and Jackie invited Jacqueline's sisters onto the radio to give them encouragement, support, and a little solace as they announced they were donating $10,000 to help with funeral arrangements. They also set up a GoFundMe page for others to give a helping hand. As they shared about the tragedy and the donation page, the call lines quickly filled up with others wanting to help. One caller by the name of Richard stunned everyone with his donation of $10,000. Perhaps the most precious donation came from a mother who had been listening to the program on her way to drop her daughter off at school. Her daughter wanted to use her allowance to donate. When darkness, death, and tragedy strike, our hearts are compelled to reach out and help shoulder the burden. Much like a candle in the dark of night, they provided hope as this precious family moves forward to grieve and heal without their mother. It's living out Galatians 6.2 carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Truth Itself is brought to you by trainapastor.com, where Timothy Kroll is training untrained pastors around the world who can't afford training. We're over two-thirds of the way toward our goal of training 3,000 untrained pastors using Dr. Kroll's 50 years of experience in Bible and theology training. It's a goal that God has called us to. Join us at trainapastor.com. You can see these stories and more on our website, truthitself.com. Truth Itself, news that impacts your faith, family, and country. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. From inflation to rising interest rates, it's been hard navigating the markets this year. And one constant challenge is finding the right income strategy. At Global X ETFs, their products look beyond traditional fixed income offering solutions for investors seeking to increase or diversify the yield potential of their portfolio. To learn more, visit globalxetfs.com income. Fox Weather. I'm Fox Weather Meteorologist Jane Menard. Here's the latest from America's Weather Center. Grab the heavier coat as you leave the house. Temperatures begin in the 20s and 30s, and they'll only climb into the 40s and 50s for the afternoon. The first significant fall chill opening up the Tuesday for millions across much of the eastern half of the country. We even have some snow falling in the Great Lakes. We have about another one to three inches possible across places like northern Michigan, Mackinac City, Marquette, where we do have winter storm warnings in place. Take your time this morning if you do head out on the roads. Meanwhile, across the west, we head to Washington and Oregon where temperatures remain a bit warm above average with highs in the 70s. We are expecting to see a pattern change by the weekend, so soak up the warmth for those 50s return on Saturday. Get the latest weather updates anytime, anywhere by downloading the Fox Weather app at foxweather.com.
And say 